and welcome to the DMs Book Club, a podcast where we talk about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. Uh, welcome, I guess, to season three. I know, and with me uh, as... Po- oh, we just discussed it. I've just decided. Regular guest host. Yeah. Now, you've upgraded from guest to regular oh is Hamilton. Hello. Hello, Hamilton. How are Hello. you? I'm now infinitely nervous. <laughs> it's oh, fine. Why? No, it's fine. Yeah, no, because now I'm upgraded. I feel like I need to upgrade myself. I need to, like, level up. Okay, quickly. I'm doing this now. You're doing it? Yeah, I'm there. I'm done. Okay, I've fa- done it. Oh. I'm fine now. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. That, that was a quick patch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> Matrix download. It's fine. Easy. Uh, I know Kung Fu. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, oh man. The new, the new trailer for the Trinity films. Trinity films? No, Trinity. Matrix yeah. films. But I, I think of fair, them as the Trinity films. So clearly, we're seeing, we're seeing the inner workings of how you see the Trinity. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. yeah, the new Matrix trailer looks amazing. So I cannot, cannot wait for that. So. It does. I don't I care if it's... If, if it's gonna be bad i want it then i want to watch it yeah absolutely how are you though what have you been up to anything exciting or interesting well uh on a a DD front i just started playing in a curse of strahd campaign like every other person in the world i finally turned up uh, three years later (laughs) to the party but yeah it's um we've only done one session and Mm. It's really fun. It's not for recording, so like it's actually quite it's quite nice. But mm-hmm. everyone in it are, f- well, most people in it are from other shows and stuff. So there's there's a lot of good role playing in there, oh. and we're having a lot of fun. And yeah. I'm playing a Shadarkai and one of my homebrew paladin race uh, couple of classes. Um, Exciting. Which is uh, sort of a cool. Which is basically like a Dark Souls in themed sort of like, it's called uh, Oath of the Veiled Shadow. It's all very. Ooh. Very dark D and D. Yeah, and Again, it's like oh sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say Dark Souls is one of those games where I'm like, I, at some point I should sink my time into it, and I've just never got around to it. Oh. But I, all I ever hear is good stuff about it. But I'm just like, I don't really know if do. I, I don't really know if I want do. to just be constantly defeated. <laughs> I like it's... games where I have a chance of winning. <laughs> but it's it, well, a brief thing on it that I noticed. It really taught me how the brain works. Like, and this is really strange, Ooh. but. It's like I figured out that I think I did some research on it because I was like, "This is weird. This is working." Which is like, if I play the like the boss and I do mm. a couple of rounds and I die a few times playing it, then I go to sleep and I'd wake up in the morning and play it first thing. I'd defeat mm. them straight away. Yeah, and that is because your prefrontal—I don't know—if there's violence okay. out, they're going to ruin, me, ruin yep. this. This my mansplained understanding of this. No, 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 go for it. <laughs> is it, I think, prefrontal cortex? Basically, when you're sleeping, plays over in the background, mm. like, your challenges of the day. So it's just doing all the work and figuring out how that monster works so that when I, like, turn on the game in the morning, I just, like, defeat them straight away. So the trick That's is... That's pretty cool. Just play it a few times, don't worry about it, and then you'll win in the morning. So don't worry. I will but. take that on board. I've definitely done that where I've had, like, a riddle given to me and then mm. I've sat on it and I've down gone, it was Shakespeare or something like that in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I had to write it down before the next session or something like that. No, absolutely. And if someone's next to you, like, what are you on about? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, like, it's, it's that thing... Um, Again, we will get onto our topic. I know this, it's yes. how we start all Sorry. our episodes. Is talking about no, no, no. It's fine. Um, but um, when you're like, um, it was oh, what's he called? Uh, Frank Skinner, uh, yes. comedian, also sung. Um, not this is England. Um, uh, football's coming home. They, <laughs> this is England. It's something completely different. Yeah. But um, he said he has this thing. Was that like, if he can't remember the name or something or the word for something, he won't okay. Google it. He will just think about it. And there's a he, he couldn't remember a word for the thing you use on your tablet. That's like a pen, but not a pen. And oh, he right. spent 
like maybe 20 minutes he's like I don't know what it is and then you know, interviewing about something else and he just goes stylus really loudly into, <laughs> into it goes, and then he just went yeah like ran around the studio because he remembered without googling so that's how, how I always remember I always had that feeling is that sort of that stylus feeling is how yes, I remember it it's just like stylus <gasps> feeling I like that I'm going to take out. that yeah, yeah, I think that's very cool. Yeah, so don't Google, just just work on it solidly I and like and all sleep that. on it. Yeah, I try and do that, and then I give up after ten minutes of just sitting there and realizing I'm not doing anything else but going. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, yeah. Hamilton, <laughs> yes. what are we talking about today? Ooh, what is our topic of choice? Our topic of choice is a special one, and we're yeah. recording this on the day it came out. So this is yes. hot off the presses. <laughs> the Wildly on the Witchlight, the new Woo-hoo! D&D campaign adventure booklet oh. uh, that's just come out. Yeah, very yeah, exciting. The, the new adventure. It is, uh, I mean, if you've been following any D&D stuff recently, any of the channels and stuff, they have been hyping this one up quite some time. There's been lots of little... Yeah. Videos out. There's obviously got the um, they've got this D and D celebration coming out this weekend. Yes. Next weekend. Soon in the uh, yeah. yeah this weekend. Yes, it is this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Sorry, time is a strange thing, which is true yes. in the Feywild. Um, hey, that's the thing. We're all playing these it. games right now. Exactly. Pre-recording <laughs> and what day is what? Yeah, it's all very. Who knows? But yes, it's very exciting. It is a brand new adventure set in the Feywild, which is obviously a D and D plane of existence that sort of came out i think in fifth edition that's when it sort of first sort of materialized so to speak Is that right mm. I don't, I, ooh, I, I, yeah okay i think that's nope. right oh I, I was gonna say do you know the otherwise <laughs> that would have been... i think it was around even in I don't well think there it was you go around in the other ones i'd have to google it <laughs> oh well i'm just gonna yeah. go for it but i said but yeah. essentially i think maybe maybe what i'm saying is that this particular domain of delight itself so prismere has only mm. just come out yes. uh, so maybe that's what i'm going to talk about but yes so the idea behind this if i do a quick summary is that um you are, you are adventurers that sort of go to firstly this carnival or the witch-like carnival and it is it's been described as sort of a, a sandbox where you can sort of play around for a little bit you know get used to your characters get used to stuff and then as a mm. sort of this sort of fake crossings we uh, on the podcast before we have talked about uh, crossings over into the shadow plane and yeah. into the Feywild. Uh, the Witchlight Canal is a crossing for going into the domain of Prismere, which uh, is currently under some uh, complications, I guess is the thing. So the main sort of archfey who runs it, similar to how there is a Dreadlord running the domains of Dread, um, is currently missing in action. And mm. as a result... Uh, oh, I should say at the top of this, spoilers ahead. <laughs> oh, yes. I'll do a big spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, we'll do that there. Yeah, so we'll be spoilers. Obviously, these are our first impressions and stuff. We won't be doing too much of a deep dive into stuff, but this yeah. is just sort of the, the sort of surface stuff. Mm. So the main archway is missing in action, but as a result, three hags from the uh, hourglass coven have split Prismere into three sort of separate mm. areas Hither, thither, and yon, and you. I love. I love again as as you we go through this, and I'm sure we'll we'll gush about everything about. But it's that idea that you can go through all these three different states, Mm. solving uh, a mystery, as it were. And yeah. Uh, yeah, going and, and going from a place of delight and into going to see the Feywild itself, which is a place that's been described as sort of whimsical and fun, but also you must be cautious, otherwise you could just disappear forever. In it. So, yes, yeah. that is the thing. I and. You mentioned that uh, the the coven has caused the splits because of the three, um, mm. the, the three of them. It's, uh, I was listening to I was listening to Chris Perkins all about, it and he was saying that obviously the the Feywild is so 
um, emotionally reactive. So if you're yes. there and you start crying under a tree, I think he said that then suddenly the tree might start sagging and, and dew might start falling from it or rain might start falling on you. But mm-hmm. if you're a powerful being, and the, and the more powerful your level and character is as well, that that the more and greater your influence is. So these coven have caused this split because of their emotional mm-hmm. involvement on it. That's which is quite. I just know it's kind of lovely. I don't know. It's just a lovely way of just making that um, that real concept of it being very apparent from the beginning and making you very much aware of it, which is quite nice. And yeah, absolutely. This idea yeah. of like the mm. Feywild's magic, the way it draws its energy, is from your own emotions and being mm. infused with that, and and it has that. And the carnival itself. Um, again, we'll, I'm sure we'll go into more detail about it, but your actions in the carnival. Uh, impact on the emotions that is. So if you if you are happy, positive people, if you're polite, if you're you're having a good time, then the emotions are really happy. Everything is brighter and everything is wonderful. However, if you're very rude to someone, uh, without uh, you know a bit brushed with someone, then things get a bit sour. The lights dim a little bit and stuff like that over the course of the time you're there. Which I, again, I love that. Yeah. Like, and it's again, yeah. maybe it's just that idea of you guys having auras, and it's just you can see the effect of it more immediate than maybe we would normally. Be privy to in, in real life so. i love that i really do love that it's such a it's just so evocative of like as, we, as it says like fairy tales but also that sort of i don't know it's just sort of that dreamlike nature of it that because that's what dreams are as well they're so emotionally reactive aren't they so there's something just lovely that it, it's i don't know it hits me i don't know for me it hits somewhere something quite deep i feel there's a real it, already you're you're involved in 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 the story uh, and the mm. sort of the setting becomes very much apparent to you because of that sort of like you can mm. you can relate to it so easily. That's what. I, I yeah, like and I think it's interesting that this has come out now after we've obviously had. And I always say this: yes. my favourite book, which is to hand at all times, <laughs> uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which is obviously all dealing with horror and stuff. Yeah. And this obviously is such a big step away and maybe to an extent where people will be like oh I'm not so sure I'd be keen on this because obviously at, at first glance I'm sure like, yeah. we'll sort of talk about it, it feels very light it feels very beautiful and sort of airy fairy and maybe that's not for everyone just as horror is not for everyone as well yeah. but I think they've done stuff with this book again from our first sort of look at it and that, oh, it's just really really intriguing and I can't mm. I just genuinely can't wait to get my yeah. to get a proper deep dive into it. So I guess I guess to start us off then, yes. Hamilton, is there anything, what was the thing that stood out to you the most about this book? Well, I think the, the thing that the first thing, and I said this, the first thing that struck uh, a chord with me uh, in t- uh, immediately on top of all that sort of emotional thing is that what they've done with the artwork. I think the yes. artwork is incredible. So I'm going to switch our cameras. Oh, <gasps> and oh, it shows the wrong bloody thing. I'll edit no. that. <laughs> we'll edit that out, but it, I'll, do, I'll do my reaction. There you go. We'll, we'll go back. We'll go back again. We'll do we'll it go again. Back. We'll go back. And then <laughs> is the artwork, and it goes like there. So there's the ah. there's there's one of the covers. There's the oh. the one cover that we've got mm-hmm. um, there, and then here's the other one. So that's mm. the sort of traditional one, and then the. The sort of the was it called the special edition? I don't know if it's yeah. The special. I believe I believe these are the ones. The alternate covers are the ones that you can get specifically in game stores. So you yes. have to go and pre-order them there and stuff. And they've That's had it. them for for the ones like uh, rhyme yeah, beyond uh, rhyme on the frost maiden, the one for salt marsh and all yes. that sort of thing. And yeah, they are, these ones look beautiful. They this are is beautiful. The, sort of the cat the cat yeah. one looks mm. just ah. Oh, very evocative, yes. and I love that. I, I really, really would is. love it if they had like a podcast. A podcast. They had poster versions of it. It would be yes. Oh, I totally really agree. Cool. I think that would be an awesome thing. I love the little ticket stub detail they've got around the edge. Yes, uh, which is really nice. And then, and then generally, I was going to just find 
So these are just for everyone. Here's some of the artists on the here, so you can see who they are. But unfortunately, and this thing I've, I, I was talking about before was that what would be really nice, Dean Beyond, is if you could put for each artwork. And I don't know if this is because of legal reasons or anything, but it'd be really nice to know who does what artwork because it'd be nice to be able to. to mm -hmm when we're doing these sort of things, to say, hey, this one's amazing. But I think um, if I just go to, what was the other, the, the, if I start the, the, the carnival owners is a great one. If I just start oh. with, with their imagery, like mm -hmm. even, like that's Mr. Witch. It's just so Victorian and, and great. And then it's... the other one, this sort of really beautifully lined drawing, you know, the sort mm. of, uh, I'm going to use a very artistic term here, the arabesque that drawing which is the line that they follow it's very cool and it's just really I don't know it's all very carnival and the map I mean look at this map oh, like, the map's just, amazing yeah having yeah. Those, those cartographers there and mm. and yeah I, I think what I quite like when you yeah as you say is that Mr. Witch and Mr. Light are sort of the owners mm. of the Witch Light Carnival mm. they are so different and instantly from those images you get this real yeah. personality from them you can tell instantly because they, what's interesting in this book they do give you role-playing cards so you can get a card and he says yes. to, to so like you're not flipping back and forth between the book or, or looking on the Beyond. you can just mm. have a card saying this is how mr witch is like and here's how mr light is i like. really did like that as well i want i want to pick mm. up that as a general yeah really mm. great part of this that it's just because it's uh, and we were saying that, that this that, uh, role-playing in D D has become much more prevalent mm. in just home games even which is great and i love that and it's, yes. it makes it so much more uh, Richard experience and so what's and that's really been seen you know we talk about we'll, we'll talk about another part of this this story that really affects that but that role-playing mm. cards are really useful for people that want to really to really deep dive into into that sort of play um, mm -hmm. which is really good I think I just gonna these are sort of other mm. just images without giving away too much about who these are these of are course. just gonna scroll through scroll them. them yeah absolutely but that's and just yeah. look at just, I don't know. Really, some some really realistic and some just very graphical. It's it is yeah. Every time I I look at um at, at a, any D and D book and I just go oh this is beautiful art and, and that's why I always do try and buy the mm. book as well as as well as D and D Beyond. I, I I again I'll do a bit of a, a self plug here at this moment. So apologies in advance, but I actually interviewed. Uh, for Dragon Plus magazine, so the official Wizards of the Coast uh, magazine, mm. uh, Trish Yockham, who is one of the senior graphic designers, who essentially her job is to put together all the artwork um, mm. in a book. So they'll obviously they'll get the brief and they'll get a feel of the book. And here in this particular book, in Wild Beyond the Witchlight, she mm. was like, it's whimsy, there's magic, there's fairies. And she was just like, I want to see butterfly wings. And she mm. asked that to be a sort of big motif throughout, which it is. And you see how the carnival comes into yes. places, like the carriages with wings. To get into the carnival, you need a ticket. And if you get a ticket, you also get wings to wear so that you show you have a ticket. And mm. it's, again, that idea of just these sort of fleeting, beautiful butterfly wings, which she said when she was doing research for it, every butterfly, uh, every sort of species has its own unique butterfly wing shape. Which yeah. I thought was fascinating. I just like that as a as a as a concept that everything is always individual, like a like a snowflake and all that sort of thing. And it's just, yeah, there's just something very magical about that. And I can see you've got like the map up as well. Like, oh, mm. uh, yeah, you got obviously the 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 carnival map, which is obviously great. And it's almost like a, a Disneyland uh, map or any theme park map, which I absolutely love. Where it's all sort of characterized and stuff like that. And then on yeah. the other side, you've got Prismere 
and Hither, Thither and Yon. Yes. And the, very, the personalities of each of them come out really well. Exactly, they were, they are great. I was wondering to see if I could find the Hither, Thither, Yon uh, bit, but mm. um, I don't know if it comes, if it will show me the map. Don't want to give too much of this away. Exactly, there yeah. Yes, there it is. It's just a lovely, it's just a lovely map. Yeah. And I love really. the Disney castle in the middle. <laughs> That's yes. Very, do you know what I mean? That sort of, uh, just, and what great names. Like, seriously, just, it's, yes. um, what's his name? Terry Pratchett-esque as well as yeah. that sort of very English little bits of wording to make into to places. Absolutely. So that, that, that castle in the middle is called the Palace of Heart's Desire, and that is where the culmination. The climax, sorry, of the uh, of the oh. adventure ends up at. So mm. you go to all these three places, and then you go to the palace mm. uh, to to sort of end the adventure there. But yes, again, yeah, very Terry Pratchett from looking yeah. at it as well. I also got vibes of stuff like Never Ending Story. Yes. Um, even Labyrinth. stuff like Labyrinth, of course, yeah. of course. I know we know that is a, a big sort of influence on this from the Chris Perkins interview. But yeah. the the other one I wrote down was stuff like. Um, Roll Dahl, so like James and the Giant Peach, the idea of like yes. there's, there's 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 an image um again because mm. I don't know who the artist is I'm sure if I looked I'm sure I wouldn't yeah. but there's an image of a a swamp gas balloon hot air balloon and people falling out of it so it looks very much like Giant Peach esque and people holding onto stuff and yeah very oh, labyrinth wow. very Jim yeah. Henson so Dark yeah. Crystal all yeah. these things and it's just I love that as a fantasy setting it's like mm. it's it's not high fantasy with knights and shiny armor, ro- mm. uh, you know, going across on horses and stuff. It is the bog of eternal stench. You have Sididimus on a on a on a Dulux dog, an old English sheepdog, mm. you know, and you have the you know all these yeah. other creatures and stuff. Just ah, oh, really interesting. There I love is, that. I mean, I totally agree. And that's and the thing is, you were saying like um, Ravenloft is your kind of sort of fancy yes. sort of horror focus. I am, I, I like my horror, but not. You know, I, I like it to a, a certain point, but mm-hmm. this is this is more my cup of tea. Like mm-hmm. I like this sort of just like sort of whimsical, uh, just sort of slightly out there, very high concept, but mm. just and um, and like everything having like really extreme versions of what they are. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Sort of like overly over the top, sort of hyper real and all that sort mm. of stuff. I really, yeah, no, I really, really is yeah, it's really great that sort mm. of and. The, and the three places look beautiful in that image as well. They're just sort of, yeah. yeah, already can see all the differences. Very like, yeah, yeah. So I was I was going to bring this up because this is the my point, which we did talk mm. about off cam off mm. camera. Um, so this uh, Chris Perkins has said quite a lot in interviews that this adventure you can complete it without any yes. combat or any violence. Yes. So what did you think about this this comment? I think that's I think that's amazing. First off, mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think a lot of people want that from a game uh, mm-hmm. I've had and you know there's a lot I think people are finding sometimes that they just you know we've talked about the role playing aspect of of, our, of, um, of uh, D&D becoming much more prevalent I think from actual plays and uh, and that sort of prevalence of those sort of you know critical roles and high rollers where they are very you know role play heavy and it's really it's really critical and to mm-hmm. the to the how successful they are and that's sort of translated into home games as much as all the other podcasts that we all listen to. And I think, I think that's I think that's why this is the time that this can happen. On top of the fact that you know I, I don't know if you I don't know if you if you had this in your games, but there's a lot of times where I have a whole sessions without an encounter. Mm. You know, if not multiple sessions without an encounter, because people are just wanting to engage in the in sort of the politics of of the world or 
or um, or even just having a shopping episode, <laughs> you know, like, you know, those sorts of things people just enjoy because and maybe it's the world we're living in at the time as well. That sort mm-hmm. of escapism mm-hmm. and just acting and uh, yeah. playing around in your world mm-hmm. and not having something awful happen or some, you know, people being in peril or anything of that ilk mm-hmm. is is part of what D&D is about is that escapism and, and, and I think that's great that they've acknowledged mm. it and made it part of this uh, story and it fits, it seems right for this this sort yeah. of setting as well whereas yeah. politics heavy uh, Feywild is all very you know, all about sort of politics and about emotions as we've said and mm. you know, all those sorts of things kind of all work well towards that sort of play Yeah, I completely agree, I think it, I think you're right, I think out of all the modules that they've put, produced in terms of adventure stuff, this makes the most sense for it to be non-combatant or, or no no uh, resorting to violence per se. Mm. What I found was interesting is that a lot of people commented on it going, ooh, I don't think you can have a D&D game without some sort of conflict. The mechanics, obviously, are geared towards having encounters, having combat stuff. But I agree mm. with you. I think what we've seen quite a lot from streams and a way to demonstrate role-playing games isn't having half an hour to an hour of people going, okay, I want to hit the creature, roll dice, but I can do this, this, and this. You know, Whereas obviously in a video game, this is all sort of automated and it's you know, fairly straight, uh, not straightforward, but fairly sort of like, you know, when you're in the game, obviously it makes sense, but if you're watching it, it's a little bit tedious because obviously people get rules wrong and you don't want to you know, get in fact. But I think for this, I got very much, I don't know if you've played Hamilton, um, Undertale at all. I haven't, I haven't, I don't know it. No, so it's a, a video game that came out a little while ago by Toby Fox, and the idea is that you're playing, you are a, 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 a small child who's in this land, and it, again, very similar vibes, like uh, all is not what it seems, and there's a, a story about humans and monsters, uh, they, and you are the chosen, etc. But you can play that whole game without killing anything. And you're forever low level as a result, and you're very tempted to like you know swing, hit a sword, or anything mm. like that. But the game remembers your choices. So yeah, okay. when you get to, when you get to the end and you have the good ending or the bad ending, depending on what you do, if you replay it, it will tell you that well, you see, you they know you killed them in a previous game. It will say that on the screen to you, and it is a bit like, oh shocking like it, it remembers all your choices and even if you go to delete it it will say yeah. stuff like you know um deleting it won't you won't forget your mistakes this it's you have you know it's, it's kind of says like you can delete it all you want but you will remember what you did and I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh. wow so, right that's really it's, I, I, highly, yeah. I highly recommend it they've got a Thank sequel you. that's just come out called delta okay. delta rune but um but to go back to it i i think for me I do. I quite like having bits of combat. If I built my character for that, like I, I, I yes. prepared for that. Yeah. But with something like this, I know that Chris Perkins was talking about. Like you have mm. very charming villains. You yes. and your as adventurers, you don't want to kill the villains. You know mm. why? Why would you kill something that you find entertaining and stuff? Like yeah. even if they're doing bad things, is there some way you can get around it? And reading through again, not going to spoil this person, but going through yeah. the villains themselves, and what could happen to them. Um, you know, if you if you kill them, great. But if if you don't, there is repercussions for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I quite like that, like because mm. it, it does feel very fairy tale. Like you know, they, they get their comeuppance, which is not necessarily they're dead. It's more like they've been exiled or they run away, knowing that 
that, that worse is yet to come. And I think there's something about that, but it's I guess it's interesting because I, I would say, and maybe this is controversial, there are other RPG systems that don't use um, violence or have that mechanic for doing stuff like that. Like what we were talking about before, this, that idea of role-playing mm. through a conversational style. Yeah. Like we've, we've all been in sessions where we've done the conversational, had a really, it's been a brilliant role-play session, but nobody's rolled a dice at all. Because yes. it didn't feel it didn't feel appropriate to do it, yeah. you know. Exactly. So there is, and I'm going to get the system wrong, but I've played a few systems by J Dragon. So there's like a wonder, wonder home and sleep away, and the idea is like a conversational style. So you would okay. have to- tokens instead, and you'll have a a set of moves essentially. So if you if you a normal move doesn't cost anything, so you can say I do this, okay. and it's in conversation, and you can discuss how you do it. A, a strong move is a move where you you pay a token to, to to do that move and it's like something usually heroic or something like that but then you also have weak moves which you can get a token but they're usually horrible moves like you insult someone or you 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 lash out or something like that and yeah. using those because of your different archetypes that you're playing it's interesting because then you have to go I have to do this in order to play a hard move later yeah, okay. and it's, it's a, it was a very different way of playing for it. And I wasn't sure about it at first, but I quite like that, the idea that it's about the resources you have for giving out and taking tokens and stuff. And it's a conversational style, and it's not much in terms of discussion. You're not saying, like... Because you're still in character, and he goes, I'm going to make this yeah. kind of move, etc. So I wonder if that would work better if you're playing a game that's not, not about combat. But that all said... I love everything they've done with the Feywild, yeah. and I love this sort of idea. I'd love to see it. I'd love to try it. I'd love to maybe have. You probably have to say to your players, yeah. "We're not. We're going to try it without combat." Exactly. And you have to. You have to say to your players, "We're going to try things. You need to think outside the box because you exactly. can't go. My sword is out. I stab. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> done. <laughs> it's yeah. No, I totally agree, and I think you um. The only thing that I, when you're saying those mechanics that it makes you think it's just like. If you're when you're in a conversation with someone, when you're normally mm. with a conversation with someone, I, I could see like I wouldn't just insult them to gain benefits. Do you know what I mean? It seems a bit sure. like it feels like those mechanics. The problem mm. with those mechanics is that you are trying to mechanize something that is very natural and everyday, isn't mm. it? As well, whilst I'm not out fighting with swords all day every day. I don't know about sure. yourself, Fiona. Maybe you are. But let me just get no. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but so there's something to that. But the fact is. My, I, I kind of understand that. Mm. Why do I need to? Um, why do I need to mechanize something that we all understand and mm. can do? Like, mm-hmm. it, your point is like you're right. You you have these sessions when you're RPing and you kind of. I, I, well, in our Curse of Strahd one, I I had to convince um, uh, the lady of the town to help us get some silver for our swords because we thought we were going to go fight, fight some werewolves, mm-hmm. and so I just sort of said what I thought I would say to convince this this uh, lady to give me the swords and, and, and uh, the silver her like silver one of the silver uh, you know cutlery sets or something like that you know, mm-hmm, she doesn't mm-hmm. need and um, and and the DM says oh you did a, a really good job so just roll perfor- persuasion with advantage sort of thing and you think mm. yeah okay I'll, I will do but then and, and you do and I'm not questioning it like no, of course negatively not. And, it, and I've done that as well but you kind of do think as well there's part of you that goes Actually, you've just done so well. Like, yeah, you get them. Do you know what I mean? And, mm. and actually, if I felt like I would be convinced, or the character I'm portraying yeah. would be convinced by that, then I think it's fair that you just say, yeah, that you you get what you mm. want, and then that can just be a really natural, natural thing. But it takes yeah. a lot of work and a lot of. 
I as well. The, I think I think that's a very good point, which actually I can briefly talk about as well. So obviously mm. in the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, there is a very small section about beginning the adventure and running the campaign, which yes. is about as a new DM, what information can you share with your players? Yes. <laughs> so what was I saying? Technical so there, pause. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. So there is a small section that they have in Wild Beyond, which is, which is for new DMs, um, and it's quite fun because I, I did predict it would be quite a short section, just like in Tasha's. It's like we're gonna, you can choose your own origins, and mm. it's a one page. But it's about like what information do you share with your players? Do you say that oh it's looking rough or all these things? And I think it's very it's useful bit, to have that. Yeah. Is it, yeah. It's a bit, the new the new story information important information that doesn't appear in box text and stuff mm. like that yeah I think yeah that's... that's yeah I think yeah I think that's that um, but I think going back to what you're saying I think you do need to sit down with your players at the beginning and say hey we are playing a game but mm. the success and stuff like that again we can just discuss it between ourselves because sometimes you don't need dice to roll like you said you, sometimes you can just go through it and, yeah. and judge it but obviously I guess I've always gone for that thing was that if there is any sort of action which there is a, a small chance that it won't work then mm. you roll a dice but then the problem the, the issue that new GMs come up with they might oh well maybe we need to roll dice for everything and that yes. really slows down yes. the campaign but I think when you're streaming a game mm. you definitely as I'm sure you have as a, as a GM and certainly I have I've just gone only when it matters when you know there's a big chance of so, you know, and I, I'm happy to go oh that's very convincing but sometimes as a player, I'd be like, oh, I want to use this particular skill, and I want to, mm. do it. and I'll be like, ah, I do this, going, ah, and they go, oh mm. yeah, you do it, and they go, oh no, I actually wanted to fail it, you know, like, yes. in, which yes. is maybe maybe it's just the role player in me is that like, I don't mind, I don't mind giving it also to to fate and just and just seeing how it goes yes. and stuff. But I think having that conversation with your players before and saying, mm. hey, there may be some sessions where you never roll dice or you roll one rolls mm. for that, and that's okay because that's how we're playing this and obviously you can I guess because there's always that thing where you, you can ask for a role but yeah. I, as a player I tend not to do it but you can always ask for it I guess and, and if, if players really want to do that um, but I guess just having that conversation at the start and just yeah you and I think as you said if it's not like and if it's just like you just want to you can see that when you've got a conflicted there's going to be conflicted points that you feel like yes. you will roll for I can't think of a good example off the top of my head but maybe it would be if I use the spoons example, maybe they're really covered their spoons, and so you've really yep. got to try, and you've done a really good job, but it really is going to land on if they're having a good mood today or not, and that's what the, the dice is for, if they're in a giving mood mm. or not, or well, if yeah, yeah, I don't know. There is, I, I totally yeah. I, I, I think it, to reframe it a little bit for for you, it's that small sort of like they know everyone in Barovia knows that um, mm. if they seem to be helping the adventurers. And that is found out. Then there's a lot of stuff from there. So that could be that could be yes. the more pressing point. Go. Rather that it's not necessarily about the silver. It's the fact that they're shown to help you. Yes, that looks bad true. as well. So yeah. there are different ways to reframe it. But anyway, 100%. but I think yeah. Anyway, what's another thing that you've really enjoyed about Under Witchlight? Jeez, Getting back yes. to that. Yes, getting back to it. Um, I think the I think the things we've got to definitely talk about are the the. Um, new playable races and mm -hmm. the backstories and with that there's a third mm -hmm. part to it which is the the new character the sort of um i bonds flaws and uh, traits personality traits uh, mm -hmm. section which is quite fun so there's some good things there so i um yeah i don't know which one we can start on either there's the the herringen and there's the fae the fairies isn't there basically yes. the other two so I, so I was going to suggest we, we do fairies first. Mm -hmm. So I find them really interesting as a as a concept. Get a little photo up of what they've got. So these are their fairies. There they yeah, are. look at yeah. them. 
Yeah, no, they're, they're yeah, and interesting. They're not what I would assume be a tiny. They're not considered mm. tiny. They're called considered small, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Which Chris Burkers was saying, so that you can get armor for them everywhere and, and all that sort of stuff, which I think is fine. But I I think if I was going to play it, I would allow people to make them tiny, and I mm-hmm. just sort of because it feels. I don't know. You just you just imagine Tinkerbell, don't you? Do you know what? Well, yeah. Why I guess. And they're they're like that high and sit on your shoulder and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. great little like great addition and obviously clearly a well, it's called the land of the fairies, so it makes sense, doesn't it? Really. That yeah. There. Yeah. Um, so I I think uh, from my understanding is that fairy is like an umbrella term, and they, mm. they it's so funny because they talked about stuff like you know they're, they're a bit like pixie sprites or even brownies and of course in my head as a uk <laughs> woman yes, of a certain age <laughs> yes that someone means... was a brownie <laughs> yeah, like, wait so we're all gonna have to wear woggles and uh, yes and, <laughs> and but now cookies. but now you're thinking you're now thinking of a girl scout campaign i'm yes. just saying that yes. sounds amazing in the world <laughs> to the be fair world. i could see the traveling adventure party being a brownies a group of brownies or you know girl scouts for the girl americans scouts, yeah. that's what they are for the americans uh just turning up at this carnival and ending up getting uh lost in the feywild it seems well yeah because obviously again we'll talk about more about the carnival in a second but yeah. the, the idea that it, this carnival comes around every eight years so being able to go back as an adult or or, or as a as a i think they're called rangers or uh, there's definitely guides rangers young leaders and then brown owl <laughs> Arkayla, Arkayla. We sorry. Oh, anyway, just, anyway, amazing. just looking at I, again. Uh, we always look at the good table. So you've got obviously fake yes. characteristics. Yes. So you you have you, have you can have you can have stuff like your your wings are like those of a bird rather than mm. the butterfly wings, which is good. Yeah. Uh, your legs are insectile, which mm. sounds terrifying. I know. But I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> I, the one that does get me though is that you smell like fresh brownies. I don't know if I would like that. <laughs> Really, I love the smell of brownies, though. As in no, the, it, the food stuff. Yeah, of course, rather than... Clarifying, <laughs> just want to clarify that. Yeah. Oh, but I just like the idea that every time you go into a room, people are like going... <sighs> like, ooh. I don't know, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. actually, when you put it that way, it's slightly mm. weird. If people just start getting too close to you because they just want to smell the, the, the sort of baking flavour that you've it's got. Like, it's like, what aftershave have you got on? It's yeah, like, brownie. No, it's <laughs> the brownie. <laughs> It's like the nude links, but uh, but not. <laughs> anyway, but going back to your point, so yeah, uh, yeah, obviously they are they are small creatures, but they do get at level five. They get enlarge, mm. reduce as a spell, yes, uh, which they can can cast. Uh, I think it's once per long rest. Mm. So they could in fact shrink mm. down for. I think it's like ten minutes. I can't remember yeah. large reduce. So they can do that. But I think the most important thing is that they do have here. a they have a flight speed. Uh, so they are. I would say obviously. One minute for mm-hmm. in large reduce, brilliant. Mm. Um, but they also have a flight speed of uh, thirty feet, mm. which um, is always useful. As always, we all know, every time you get a character, bloody, Ara- fly. bloody Aracocra. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so actually, it, it, I think this is really interesting because I guess yeah. with this particular module, playing a fairy makes sense because obviously it is geared towards the fairy world. There's going to be different things. Mm. I always thought if anyone played a creature that was at level one that had a flight speed previous modules might not work because obviously there'll be stuff mm. that's further away or traps for it. Oh, I can get over it because I'm an Aracocra. So yeah. my my house rule is I, I ban Aracocra from my games. Really? Yeah, because yeah. I just, I, again, it's just like, because I feel that's a bit cheaty at level one that you could just yeah. fly over things. Whereas here, with the Feywild setting and stuff like that, I'm actually thinking, okay, 
they will have built in for this. There will be yeah. some encounters that 100%. the flying will help or be hindered. So I'm like, this this is That's fine. So, and also when combat's not a key thing, I mean maybe it's less of mm. it's less of an issue. I think you can always and also going back to Eric Kirkley, you can always see the the high rollers. We always talk about them on the show because mm. I know you you are a fan of them as well, and you've got the poster in your background there. It's, uh, I do. Um, it's just did. hidden behind my my thing, but yes, it's there. Okay. It is there. And the, um, that you just don't you have an Arakoko with one wing, or there's a you know, mm-hmm. you've got a, an issue that that then maybe they can overcome or gain back or something like that is is always a way around it. Or agreed, they don't know how to fly like they've been brought up. You know, not as an Arakokra, if you know what I mean, sort of a oh Mowgli-style story or something, and then they learn it, to fly. Or something oh my God, like you 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 brought up with like a group of penguins, and <laughs> yes, I love it, I love it. Uh, we've got someone actually in our series that's coming out the What uh, uh, We Are Not Hero series who's playing mm. an Arakokra penguin. Which is great. So the, and we're giving them a swim speed instead, literally. So Perfect. that's how it's working. That makes that makes yeah. so much more sense. But yeah. moving on then, the Harrigan. Yes. So I should change oh. to a rabbit folk. Yay. Oh, that's so cute. So I, I'm sure you knew, knew this as well. But I uh, listening to all those sort of tidbits and stuff. Mm. Apparently, the Harrigan weren't going to be a playable race. Mm. Um, no. But they but they saw the artwork and they were like, everyone wants to play them. Yes. <laughs> Yes, because they know that everyone loves Red Bull, and yes. um, that's why, you know, more mouse folk, more rabbit folk, just give us, we just want Root, the game, don't we, to be honest, oh. uh, as a D- which is what we've already got, but, you know, it's just we want more of that in our D&D. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so just looking at the stuff here, so obviously hair trigger, you get your bonus to your uh, initiative mm. rolls, it's always good. Uh, lucky footwork, when you fail a dexterity saving throw, you can mm. use your reaction to roll a d4 and add it to the save, potentially turning it that. into... A success. It's really good. You can't. Be, it's a. Uh, it's a reaction. And I just love the play on the sort of a rabbit's foot oh, being lucky. I just kind of like that. I just. I love. Really... I, I liked um because obviously the the hair trigger one obviously is the other one for the. Yes. For the I just like yeah that and then rabbit hop. They have changes because obviously we so we did an episode on the uh, yeah. uh, folks of the Feywild stuff. They've changed mm. the rabbit hop one. It's much better now because before mm. when they were talking about it, you would have odd numbers that came up. So you'd like you'd add like mm. an extra seven feet or something yes, like that and you're like I remember, people talk, you remember you talking about this and it's just like how do I work that out yeah exactly so what so what they've done now is that so as a bonus action you can jump a number of feet equal to five times your modifier your proficiency, proficiency. modifier yeah which is always going to be a like a five Division ten five. whatever yeah. so it's like thank god oh <laughs> yes that just saves everyone those sort of well you just round up don't you or down you would, you would. Again, I know currently most people are playing online or, or, yeah. or distance, whatever, so it's unlikely you'll have maps, but I just love the idea that I'm seven and a half feet away, so nobody cares. <laughs> You're still going to be hit by it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the artwork for yeah. those are, is very yeah, beautiful. It's great. It, they are great. And yeah, and it's just, it's nice to just have more options on the table for, for all of these, for more mm. playable characters. I think as yeah, going to Dragon's Duel, we always we have it so that you can play all the the um, races when you make a character. Mm-hmm. We just added to so this now. You can we've got forty. There's basically forty types that you can play. I think mm. we roll two d twenties to sort of figure out uh, what character you're going to play. But now I've got to figure out how I'm going to make forty two work on the dice. So that's thanks for that. <laughs> Cheers. Because I'm now having to divide that. Oh, is that going to be? Is that divisible by? Are going to be loads of d fours or is it going to be a few d eights? That's what's annoying me. <laughs> More to the point. But, <laughs> but yes, really good. Really good to have them on there. Uh, yeah. 
so do you want to talk to us talk us through the character traits then? Because I I yes. only just saw this uh, just as you sort of mentioned it. So yes. tell us about anything that sort of uh, jumped out of you about these ones then. I like them. There's this sort of personality trait. I don't want to give too much of them away, but there's like um, there's sort of there's some. That, what I like about it is it plays on that perfect mix of the sort of creepy horror. That there is of the sort of of the sort of whimsical uh, world of the Fey world and also the whimsical part of it. So like, there's uh, personality traits. Good music makes me weep like a baby. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Which, uh, to be fair, that happens to me as a sort of you know I'm one of those yeah. weepy. But I watch a movie, I cry. You know anything like that. Um, yeah. I never lost my childlike sense of wonder. Um, oh, oh, yeah, oh exactly. a small child. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we and must protect them from all the of all the hardships of the, of the adult exactly, world. <laughs> yeah, and um, and uh, there's a, there's a, but there's a, there's another one which is I'm haunted by fey laughter that only I can hear, though I know it's just my mind playing tricks Ooh, on me. Yeah. So then it just turns the corner <laughs> with one of those. It's like, um, yeah, I like yeah they they yeah. they and I think what they've what's interesting. I know later on, obviously, when you're looking at ideals, yeah. bonds, and flaws. Yeah. Uh, or certainly, I oh only oh, it looks like only ideals have it really. It just says like good or chaotic or something like. That. Yeah. Everything else doesn't because it used to have it for quite a few of them. Yes. But true. I think, but I like that. Yeah, you're right. It could be. And obviously, with all these things on tables, you can easily just pick them rather than roll. But exactly. I like I like the idea that yeah, it, it's it's not the same for everyone. And you can I mean, I'm haunted by fail after that. Only I hear. Although I know it's just my mind playing tricks with me. That person yeah. could really enjoy it. They could be like the comedian or the class clown, and then like. Yes. Nobody answers me. Like, I've got my back, you know. Even though we'd be like, you can yes. hear people laughing. <laughs> like, I just just looking at it. My favorite one just from that personality yeah. trait is that when I have a new idea, I get wildly excited about it until I come up with another better idea, and I'm like, well, I feel red. Yeah, yeah hello, yeah, exactly. hello. You could have just acted me, as they <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah. That sounds like both of us before <laughs> the show. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. And whilst doing this, going, okay, so when am I going to fit in doing my wobble on the witch light campaign? Because <sighs> I need to do this now, right? Okay. Yeah, so. that, that's exactly it. It was like, oh my goodness. Oh. Um, <sighs> and then also, yeah, the ideals, the rule of three. We talked about that before. Mm. So you know, it, that's in there. Um, Wonderlust and friendship, lovely. And then. Some good bonds, uh, you know. The witch like carnival brings up that again, and some natural stuff, and then some flaws. Mm-hmm. I usually lose track of time, which is, yeah, I know that one, but also is a very sort of, you know, that sort of fits with that Feywild thing. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was it. I'm always changing my mind. Well, almost always. Almost always. Yeah, that's I like. Oh, that's I yeah. That one. I, I think I mean, this is just props to the writers and stuff. Like, I know obviously really they good. work like you know months on this making it right but yes. I, again you can tell there's so much character in such mm. a small sentence and as a as an improviser and stuff like that you get given something like that and you're like that's that's a whole character that is that is yeah as, but, it is it is yeah. a motto that i can be like this is my line yeah. and you build off that and do your thing. it's yeah. brilliant as a result. i think that's the thing i, I mean dnd's always had it but I, I feel like the the later uh games that we're getting in 5e now are really getting a concept together, like really ha- holding a concept uh, and and then bringing that forward. So like, I mean, there may be some of them very obvious, but they really do like take them to another level. Like the Ravenloft, mm. they just went, it's got it's gothic horror, mm. and we're going to take that to its extreme in however many guises, from the campy to the to the very dark, you know. Mm. And and they're really good at I think to, at putting those together. And this has got that. It feels, as you said, in all the writing and and all the characterization, and as we talked about the sort of um, the role playing guides, really being clear on what the concepts are to give people that ability mm-hmm. to 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 then draw on them in their own mm-hmm. way. Because once you've got something clear and and 
and obvious of like what this is about, you can really you can just go with it, can't you? And and, and mm-hmm. roll all the way through the, the campaign with with ease if that's what you've got to play with. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I think just to quickly touch on because like, you talked about the the backgrounds themselves. Mm. So we've got the Fey Lost and the yes. Witchlight Hand. And I really love the Phalos. So the idea is that you grow up in the Fey world after mm. disappearing from your home plane as a child. Uh, and there's various different ways that you've been spirited away, but you've sort of mm. come, you've returned, but obviously you, were, you, you didn't come back unchanged, which is always a great line, I find. And you, yes. this idea that you've lived in this place uh, and maybe don't remember it, because obviously we've talked about mm. the Fey world, obviously you might not remember. Yeah. Uh, your time there at all, which is also scary. But like, that you have this sort of distinguishing feature called a fey mark, and it could be yes. it could be something as like your eyes have iridescent swirls. Um, yeah. You have long whisker, whiskers like those of a cat. You're like, ooh. Yeah, but uh, all these things because yeah. you've had the fey world, you've given to the fey world, and it's coming to you. And again, that sort of unknowable, like interesting mm. change. Like they've, we've talked about again um, on another podcast. We've talked about like how you know don't get the fairies don't spirit away with fairies because you might not come back and that idea that you know an eight-year-old child can go into the fairy world come back as an 80 year old man or come back and all their friends have have moved away or or passed away (laughs) or 80 year olds yeah absolutely and it's and it's always those cautionary wives tales and stuff but then how something like this i just oh Mm. but then i I will say i will say so just briefly Feywild mark number two, you have a sweet scent, like that of nectar or honey. More smells again. I know. No. <laughs> but it, it fits with it because it's it's that it's that candy cane Disneyland yes. fairy yes. tale world. So it's it, it it feels right. It's all those sort of as I said, it has the emotional re- response. Mm-hmm. It's gotta also go with all these it's very sensual, isn't it? It's a very mm-hmm. sensual place, the the, the Feywild. It's about I, I I don't know if the way that Matt Mercer plays it is the, the right way because it's the only campaign I actually have properly watched I know there's, there's one by the Roll Together that I'm about to start actually because I'm trying to catch up with mm. their, their stuff but I remember he when Matt Mercer played it he talked about that when you moved westward it was always sun setting and when you moved eastward it was always mm. sunrise it was always dawn mm. and dusk and I sort of mm. you know all those sorts of I don't know, it's that sort of, so it's a very visual and very and everything's like overly vibrant colours mm. so then it kind of makes sense that everything would also be like really rich smells even when you get to the bogs they'd be yeah. so boggy and peaty smell and that sort of smoky yeah. like very earthy. exaggerated versions of themselves yeah exactly so, so it just feels mm. I don't know it makes sense in some effects doesn't it but I, 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 I totally agree I think it's just me going <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like yeah, yeah. I, I get it I totally get it it's a bit yeah. like um, what was that book uh, and they made it Perfume I think it was and they made it into a oh movie. of course yeah the, the, the yeah, who put, person who kills yes the exactly. perfect yeah I remember oh anyway right, <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's, that's a great film um, yeah. but yeah just to quickly finish off so the, in the uh, the Fey Lost you have uh, a thing called uh, Fey Wild Visitor I love uh, that w- yeah. when you yeah when you're in a trance or something like a yeah, spirit of the Fey Wild may pay you a visit if the DM wishes it, and you're like, of course they wish it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to give you a vision of some sort. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just again, that idea of... Because obviously we have... We've done it um, ourselves in role-playing games uh, where we've gone, oh, your god wants to have a word with you. Oh, yeah. you, this is happening, or this is happening. And this, this is just another way of having that connection, which mm. is not necessarily related to your class, I think. Yeah. So it's, it is... You, if you're playing a rogue or a ranger or anything like that, doesn't mm. have necessarily a deity uh, attached to your 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 bit. Yeah. It's like okay, well, 
here's here's a satyr. <laughs> yeah, exactly. here's, here's, a, here's a dryad who's like mm. chilling. Um, yeah, and I just yeah, I, I quite like it, and it just yeah. gives you what's it? It, says it can contain any number of things from messages to and insights to nonsense and red herrings at the DM's discretion. So I thought, ooh. I guess it's for me. It's like, oh, you really, you should really should play with them and stuff like that. Yeah. But again, it's again up to your discretion of how much you want to do that. But I like that that being able to do that. In, you know, that's not necessarily related to. This is your purpose. This is like yeah. this is part of your background. So. It's just a bit of fun, or you just play it. Just like they could just be, you know, if you were doing this as an actual play, if you're doing it for for, for people's consumption, but as, as much as for your home games, you could just see them as just like real light relief moment. Just mm. even comment on the day or something like that I can imagine this character just turning up and going well you made it right proud of yourself didn't you earlier <laughs> sort of thing and just like yeah. kind of you're doing that sort of I don't know I could see that sort of trickster element that you could really have fun with as a DM um, mm. to, to your players and really just like give them a bit of comic relief uh, uh, with that yeah. so I think that's a yeah, real... give, give, yeah give them that monologue moment yeah, yeah absolutely I quite like that and then, and then looking on quickly to mm. the, the witch light hand, so this yeah. is somebody who works at the carnival. Mm. Uh, and you crept into the carnival as a child or your youth and never looked back. And I'm like, mm. we've all had those dreams of like running away with the circus. And yes. that's what it is here. And yeah. it, again, it, it, what's interesting about this adventure is uh, having that, if your, if your characters, some of them are, uh, I don't want to say normal, but uh, some of them are coming from different planes, but some of them are playing which has they will have a different information, a different starting point mm. to others, yeah. which we've seen on a couple of streams actually. But but and for them, that, and that can work really well with the campaign, and just you can see how they can easily become. If you want, if you're making a new campaign or you're bringing someone new into the campaign, well, there's a really great yeah. lead-in because all the other mm. adventurers could end up going to the carnival, and this one, this person, you know, the witch light hand just joins the the crew. For, because of that reason, sort of thing, you know that they, mm. that, you know, you could bring them in in that way quite easily. So sort of yeah, absolutely. That, that they, and I, I like that as a new player thing is that they have some information, so mm. they'll have something that your players will want, uh, yeah. the other players will want. So I, I you know, to conclude by that, and they also have um, similar to having the Feywild visitor, they have something called the Carnival Companions, oh, as a confidant <laughs> that they have. You know, somebody that you trust. So, so mm. in my head, um, again, it's just because. Because again, as a child, I've read loads of things. I don't know if you ever read like Darren Shan, Cirque de Freak at all. No, I didn't. No. No. So it's it's a vampire thing. So don't worry. I, okay. I've got my <laughs> vampire But the whole point is Darren Shan is writing about his him, himself as as writers want to do, becoming a vampire at fourteen and running away to join the circus and then oh. having his mentor, who's also part of the circus, and there's all these other, you know, again, travelling sort of thing, but it's that idea of having a family, which is what comes across here, is that mm. you have this confidence, someone that is your mentor or your trainer or, or, or something, and it could be anyone, it could be a retired, they say, like, retired performer, mm. or even, like, an old blink dog, or, yes. or just anything like that, and you can work with your DM to see what that is, and I, you can yeah. even go for, like, a harmless magic wisp of light. And we all know who you that know. reminds you of, right? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wake up! <laughs> Hello! Hey! 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 <laughs> Sorry. Don't no. That's what it just made me think of what I was like. Okay. Yeah. We're Zelda. It's you fine. Have, you have to, again, yeah, but I mean, this this whole thing gives Zelda Sorry, vibes Nick. off, doesn't it? Like, yeah. proper Breath of the Wild, so... Yeah. Yeah. So and it, yeah. So both of those sort of backgrounds are pretty good for this. Mm. I think. Like obviously, the witch hand works very well for for this particular one. Less so outside of it. But yes, yeah, Fae Lost. If you're having any campaigns on different things, mm. um, again, I think that would be a really good asset to have. Some, and then it would be a really cool way as a as a way like, hey, 
yeah. we need to go to the Feywild now because I got told through a vision with a centaur. <laughs> like, yes, let's exactly. Go. <laughs> We've got to get there. Yeah, and that's and uh, yeah, and I think you could bring them into loads of. I think you could bring uh, the Witchlight Hand, maybe not so much, but you. Yeah. I mean, you could even have them if you wanted to as something, you know, a carnival person that just rebrand it for any sort of carnival. Of course. And then at the Fae Lost, you could you could still even just use it, couldn't you? In any mm. campaign, I think that could that could work. Yeah, yeah, you could always re yeah reflavor it or or rebrand. Mm. Yeah, because that, that idea of having like you work here, here mm. is the here are those tools of like you work at a theatre uh, yeah. or a travelling show, a touring company. Mm. Uh, your your mentor is the the old uh, light technician yeah. who literally just goes light you know literally just clap on. Like yeah. just just a light country and that's it. <laughs> and the old, yeah, exactly. And the old blink dog could be the the sort of the, the theatre cat who always used to chase <gasps> mice, sort of thing. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. The the Mister Mistopheles of our yes. of our touring company. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Oh, love it. Right. Yeah. Right. Let, let's let's move on from that cat's reference. And, yes. Uh, so um, I'll tell you something that I've really enjoyed though, mm-hmm. and it literally took me till today to realise this is that. I thought from again my favourite book of all time, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which I sleep next to. Uh, not really, but like I yeah. like that idea. Uh, <laughs> it's under my pillow. Just... Under the pillow, just like. Yeah. Oh. Um, so in Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, there is a domain of dread called the Carnival, mm. and in my head, I just assumed that it that the Wild Beyond the Witchlight was just an extension of that, and I assumed it that this whole bit would be a domain of dread. But then there's always these uh, references to oh, it's a domain of delight instead. And what I discovered is that there isn't just one carnival. There is, of course, two carnivals. There is mm. the Shadowfell-inspired uh, version of the carnival, but there's mm. also this Feywild-inspired version of the carnival. So a mirror image of each one. And they are very separate, very different. And before Wild Beyond the Witchlight, these two carnivals met. And in the uh, what would then become the Feywild one um, was Isoldi, the Eladrin uh, Fey who ran it and then in the in the Shadowfeld one was Mr. the aforementioned Mr. Witch and Mr. Light uh, as uh, I think you how did you pronounce it Shadow Kai elves? Shadow Kai yeah because they're Shadow Kai elves yeah mm. which is which is why I was because when you mentioned this to me I was like oh that now makes sense so I was thinking why are these they're a Shadowfell based elf mm-hmm. why are they running a Feywilds carnival so that's it now makes exactly. sense exactly so they so every so often these carnivals meet and or they met for the first time and so the owners obviously talked and they they sort of said obviously because running a carnival is a tricky business and they said wouldn't it be great if we just swapped roles because obviously each of them wanted to try something new so they did and you can read all about Isoldi and uh, the dreadlord of that of that domain, which I won't spoil, but it's very interesting what happens to her in this sort of uh, the Shadowfeld. It's just called the Carnival, um, and then obviously here in the the Witchlight Carnival, you've got Mister Witch and Mister Light. And as they sort of went round in the Feywild, uh, you know, moving this this magical carnival, they grew to love it, and they grew to realize that this is where they wanted to be. And so they now secretly dread the next time the carnivals meet when they would have to switch back. So that's at the back. Of their minds at all times is that they are realistically frauds of this carnival. Mm. They are the owners, but you know they are they are act, they're almost like temporary owners until yeah. Isoldi comes it's back so and ha- they have to go back. And I just love that as a yeah. like because it ultimately has ultimately the carnival itself. I would say doesn't have any impact on the overall story. Like it's, it's a sandbox for you to play. But if you found out stuff about that, mm. and the rest of the carnival knows that could be the end of that carnival. That's the end of the Fey crossing into. Prismere and it's yeah. that whole sort of 
like like you said, like almost yeah. like a, a political system in a way, almost that sort of a micro society. Like it's built on this thing, which could easily crumble if somebody revealed that they are not they're not who they say they are. Which I think, oh, I love yeah, that. So, it's really it's, really sort yeah. of juicy sort of like DM stuff that you could just have in your back pocket that you could mm. that someone might just stumble upon. Uh, you know, I the funny thing, and I mentioned this when we did the hags. My mm. my old my DM when I years years ago um did a campaign uh for us and he then took us to a carnival which mm-hmm. had a hag that was was um controlling the the carnival owner well the carnival owner made a deal with the hag to make it mm. like give him sort of funds and give him magical abilities so that he could do all these magic tricks and make a better carnival in exchange for children because it's a hag uh and and actually it, playing around in the carnival that, that they made was really great fun and but when we then started finding it, we accidentally, we like, so there's something fishy going on here. And we <laughs> went and snuck into their trailer and found their like diary that told us all about it. And you could just imagine a similar thing happening here. This sort of like mm-hmm. sneak into Mr. You know, because that's what D&D players do, isn't it? There's, you just say, well, there's Mr. Witch's um, trailer there. He's not in at the moment. Hmm. <laughs> Let me pick that I'll, go, I'll guess we'll <laughs> wait inside for him yeah, exactly. and go through all of his drawers. Exactly. Because <laughs> we've all played Skyrim and the only way to play that game is just draw in out mine. <laughs> it's it's bread and cheese, but I want it. Cause... It's mine now. It's mine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I can imagine that you mm. could you could tempt your players into finding that knowledge out if you so wish. Mm, absolutely. And yeah, just looking at again, won't go into too much detail about this, but the hags do have an influence on the the carnival itself, which yes. I think ties us nicely onto the different ways to start this yes. adventure. So do you want to take us through the uh, the Lost Things opener? Yes, yeah, so the, there's the two openers. So the first one is, as you said, the, there's... And again, this also fits with the sort of more... The way they're moving forward with this um, mm-hmm. with this game. You know, sort of changing up the way that they actually... Um, that you can play a game. You know, they're having this... So the first one is uh, what they're calling a non-traditional... Um, way of doing it. I'm just uh, in a beginning adventure. I'm just trying to find yep. the the section. But um, so the lost things is um, that they get to try and give the characters a strong personal investment in the story. So it's really playing again to this sort of role playing heavy mm-hmm. character background and story heavy sort of gameplay. And so each character in the adventuring party visited the Witchlight Carnival when they were a child. In fact, they snuck in without buying a ticket and had something stolen from them. Mm-hmm. And so fate brings the characters together as adults, united by this common goal, to go and retrieve what they've lost. Mm-hmm. So as we said, it arrives every eight years. Am I, is that right? Every eight years yep. it comes back, mm-hmm. this carnival? So that's mm-hmm. so that kind of makes sense. Maybe they were 10-year-olds and now they're 18, or maybe they were 12-year-olds and now they're 20 or something like that. Or maybe it's been 16 years, you know, maybe they just missed yeah. their opportunity last time. You can see that working. And that, uh, and that sounds... Um, I don't know, that sounds quite quite a fun like hook you know this real uh, and you were saying about the lost the lost items that yes. um, they don't get inspiration until they retrieve them they don't get inspiration until you retrieve them which is quite mm. quite incredible it's interesting because I don't yeah I don't know how often you you use inspiration in your campaigns like I, I've used it on and off when, I, when yeah. generally somebody's made me laugh which happens yeah. quite a lot as you can probably imagine <laughs> or it's, usually I go it's your birthday you get birthday inspiration <laughs> But yeah. I find it interesting because obviously it's that idea is that once you gain it, you're like, oh, and so you maybe you don't realize that is missing from you until yes. you get it back. And you're like, I've been almost 
yeah, I didn't realize half a person. Exactly that. It's like, oh, there's a. I'm sure there's a story about that where there's some people realize they were they were actually half a person and they realize that they are a twin or something like that and they get their mm. twin back and some stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I think that idea of having the 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 investment, having you you were eight, it feels very much like um uh not Stranger Things. It's a little bit like Stranger Things, but not quite. It's um what's it called? It. Uh, the Stephen King horror films obviously yes. they start as kids and then they defeat the evil and then they come back as adults and defeat the mm. evil again mm. um, as uh, that that's the sort of image I got and also oh, Stand By Me was the other one I got the image yes. of like the kids yeah. are coming together because there's something else again it's like you could easily set off you could even run the, the, the session zero as eight year olds yes. if, there's, oh, if there's no combat you know like yeah. this, have that little pre-mini episode of stuff as they do stuff and yeah, and then they're like, okay, now we set the stage. And you can I even have it. that as yeah. you do it later on as flashbacks or anything like that. But I think there's something magical about playing a younger version of yourself or your character self. Like you, I'm sure you've seen on Instagram and TikTok recently, there's a lot of these things going, speaking to my seven-year-old self. And there's like yeah. seven-year-olds like, oh, will I ever get to be a, a great famous singer? And they go, no, but you're a voiceover <laughs> artist now. And they're like, oh, and you're like, fuck off. <laughs> like... <laughs> But it's yeah. that sort of concept that like you can have that yeah. almost like Kingdom Hearts S type thing where you're like you are now a bigger person and oh. you are now ready to take on the troubles you had as a kid. You are you're brave enough. I quite enough like now. that. I now really want to run. I now really want to play this game because I now I want know. to do it that way and have the whole do the whole carnival bit just as yeah. the children and really enjoy mm-hmm. the sort of fun of it and what and like maybe yeah gain gain little insights that you maybe don't quite understand yet. So you could play mm-hmm. a little bit more loose and then they come back again and. Then they can try and follow those little those little um, mm. breadcrumbs. Oh, I love it! That's a really great idea. Yeah. Oh. Thanks. But but looking at the the lost things table as well, because I, I think some yes. people maybe are thinking too practical about what it is. Maybe oh, you've oh, lost yeah. uh, physical things, but actually looking at it, it is stuff like uh, you've lost the ability to smile. Oh, as a small child, that's awful. Oh, your handwriting is illegible. Um, I, you I don't... think I went to this carnival. <laughs> I yeah, I might already <laughs> look at oh, that. No. Mess. Oh no, that is how I write. I'm meant to be an architect, but Jesus Christ, it's terrible. Sorry. Um, the, yeah. Like the ability to keep secrets, all of a sudden, like little things that that make you like you know we've all known people Three... who are like this, and actually like oh, what if this was taken from you? And it's it feels very much like again. Little mermaid s like they've taken their voice or yeah. very fairy tale, you know, like I'm taking really... something that's that's like a important part of who you eat and you don't you might not know about it. You might feel incomplete until the puzzle piece is back. So And and you could always play that whole point that it's the you know, that there's that fairy tale that does it a lot when actually you gain it back that you didn't didn't need it in the first place or something like that. You oh. know, there's always those sort of things you could play as well, couldn't you? That actually well, Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely would say for that one would be this, the sense of fashion. Your character is suffering from this loss, has no fashion sense, and I'm like, bullshit. You, I think I'd like that as an idea, is that you, you come back to, um, you go, you can have it back and go, no. It's, it's cher- basically she's all that, isn't it? Oh my god, it is, she's all that. <gasps> but I just, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just like that idea, it's like, here, you have your fashion sense back, I no. I was already fashionable all along. Uh, yeah, know? I was normcore, by the way, did you not even realise? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So I yeah I find that it's a really interesting and a different way to set up a campaign, uh, like like yeah. like you said like let's try younger versions of ourselves mm. that then become into these amazing adventures and like obviously you could you could even say it. it's like okay you're mm. playing 
kids versions of yourselves which won't have any levels or anything like that but then you go okay from that experience mm. what does your what does your career become do you become the paladin that you wanted to be or do you feel changed by it in some way and giving that you don't you could even change it between sessions so yeah I, no it's just lovely things like that i i really yeah it's really great because and then what on the flip side of it there is the more traditional they actually even call it the traditional um <laughs> setting which is fine and it, it works well but it works I think, and, and it's good for if you don't want that sort of if you're not going for that sort of campaign you do want to go down to some more traditional route there is just the there's a problem in the what in this location and you you go fix it basically and there's a there's a mm-hmm. quest giver that helps you along really which is but the way that I'm even talking about it is explaining my thoughts on it it's just like I don't really need that <laughs> shit just get to the fun <laughs> stuff which is the I've lost these these Parts of yeah, it, which seems quite. Amazing. I think I think the only thing I'd say about it, because yeah, so it is a, like an ancient warlock who is saying that mm. their archfey patron hasn't been in contact, so maybe you should go check that out. Which again, mm. totally fine. But yeah. what I will say, what I like about it is that if you complete, if you do nothing and you complete whatever the big quest is, if you come back, obviously this person might have died uh, in that time, so yes. that he would have they would have um, handed off their 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 treasure or their rewards to other. Uh, other oh, yeah. um, stuff, yeah. you know, other uh, their associates or descendants and stuff like that. Yes. So you could be gone a hundred years and they come back and go, oh yes, he left this for you. You get your Back to um, the Future 2 moment. When, exactly. Yeah, when exactly. they go, I've got this paper for you to be here at 1955 at 10pm or something like that. And that sort of, that, yeah. That's exactly cool. that. And yeah, the, and the, the treasure for that is pretty cool, but you could also, mm. it says you can also yeah. um, change that and, you know, give it something like, you know, because it, it is so like, mm. Most adventurers want treasure, and I was like, "Yeah, that's true. They don't, they don't do something for nothing." But um, but yeah, so it's it's a it's a very interesting yeah. Uh, but like as you said, traditional stuff. Where as you can tell, both me and Hamilton are like, Let, "Let's go be children in a <laughs> yes, carnival." Exactly. <laughs> I want to gain my sense of smiles back, my sense of smiles, my sense of fashion back, and my smile. I don't know. You always you always make us smile with your fashion sense. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's probably true. Okay then. Um, uh, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, Please. Uh, but it's very spoilery, so I want to put a double warning here, double warning of spoilers, which is, uh, so that's it, you've had your warning now, there is a part in one of the sections, so in um, Yon, there's a place called Motherhorn, and yes. in a place called Motherhorn, there is a theatre, yes. and, yeah, and there is where tragic plays are performed daily for Endwin Moongrave to enjoy. The characters must choose to perform. The characters might choose to perform on stage for one or more of the following reasons, whatever the reasons are. But basically, <laughs> the characters who choose to perform play are met by the master of ceremonies called Stage Fright, who's a goblin, Great. and uh, each player will then get these performers' roles. Now, this obviously appeals to me. It's very Dragon's Jewel because we obviously do our sort of um, play out a, a, a classic D&D scene and we give people roles like you are uh, we've had uh, a mangy wizard and a, a, a cowardly sorcerer and stuff like that and they've got people a drunken satyr a failed magician a high and mighty princess, mighty princess. And, yeah a cowardly noble so they, it's just playing off all the things that I love from, from mm. what I've, I've made of Dragonsteel and then they give you uh, very much like the Once Upon a Time sort of games if you played that game mm, where you make a, a story game. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we've used that once on Dragon's Jewel as well. Um, but they give you a series of um, lines of dialogue for you to play out that you then are given to all of the the players. 
um, place it players in a paper bag and uh, give it to your players. Start the play. Each player draws a slip of paper from the container. Yes. And the stage fright hisses a line to that player's character from the wings and uh, they must ad-lib the tragedy as they go through. And they can use props and enter and exit scenes and, and all... And you just... And uh, to be fair, I think the people at D&D... Well, I know they support us, D&D Beyond, so I'm sure the D&D people... Um, Chris Perkins, I know you're a fan. Because clearly, <laughs> clearly, I mean, this, is, this is just right off our... It's sort of very yeah. similar. I know I'm, that great ideas oh. are dime a dozen these days, but um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just a lovely thing. I, I, I'm just gonna have to play it because it's just so much fun <laughs> yeah there's, there's definitely again just reading that through that that idea that it's in a bag and you take them out there's definitely we've done ones which is like three lines three lines from a hat yes uh, as an improv where you you know you would start mm. the scene and then you mm. and you go well as my mother used to say give me that money you cow like yes. you know <laughs> yeah. yes, and, oh, I, yeah i i love that because obviously you get stuff and you go oh interesting yeah. <laughs> i have to say this aloud and i love yeah looking at it saying like there's that bit where it says like you can go get props and i think yeah. i would do that it's almost like a taskmaster thing it was doing it online is, and go yeah. okay go get stuff and we're gonna do it and like i because i'm i'm fully into ingrained into online improv and, and that idea we we can do this stuff it we will totally work and i just i'd get allowing players to be silly to do stuff like that exactly well people as, as i found with the show people absolutely enjoy that sort of stuff when we have players on it seem i mean it seems to be but and you were a player at one point so i was but people do really get involved in it and it plays off all the things that we do as D players you know it's just that sort of improvisation mm-hmm. but also just love playing games you know it's like um as i said there's there's once upon a time but there's also loads of those sort of improv games but also sort of uh, makes me think of like um, what's that? Uh, you know, there's always uh, taking things out of you know, having the the additional like mm. bags and having uh, mechanics. It's giving us another mechanic, isn't it? That mm-hmm. that we've been talking about. And um, yeah. I was just looking at some of them. It's like, uh, do you have a favourite one? Yeah, it just some of them are quite funny. It's like um, it goes um, hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> and you've got to just think of something that goes. <laughs> and Tis said that in Valuna they eat such things, and you can just imagine people just. Making up just something that goes Absolutely. well with these sort of things. I I love that. Yeah, that you just yeah have to continue to see and just say hurts, doesn't it? And, yeah. then, and just have to perform it like that. Oh, <laughs> my leech, he's dead. And it's very <laughs> that just made me think of um, what's his name? Uh, like sort of. Um, oh, my brain is gone today. Uh, no. uh, well, um, Holy Grail and all that sort of stuff. Of uh, course, very Monty Python. Isn't Monty it? Python, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it definitely, it definitely does feel because obviously you have this person looking down, uh, like judging you. Um, mm. It does feel like Royal Variety performance esque. So like yes. having that person, that NPC yes. as a as a as a, a queen like or a royal sort of thing. And just just going back on it, I think there is the RPG that comes to my mind about improvising a play is called Forsooth. Which is oh, a Shakespeare right. RPG, which I've oh yet to play, gosh. but I love the idea that it is that it, that gives you the guidelines about how do you come up with an improvised Shakespeare tragedy and making you know making it sound like that as well. So that, that's the one that came off the top of my head just looking at that. But uh, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm trying to Google that now. Forsooth Shakespeare RPG. I want this in my life. Where is this? <laughs> I'll have to send you it with it because I've got the physical copy. Which I've oh bought. my god, improvise one of the bar's greatest lost works. Oh come on! If yeah. you want to play this, call me. I'm doing it. I'd love yeah. to do it. Let's do it. Yeah, it's very much like if, if anyone's ever seen the improv show Ostentatious, where it's like Jane Austen wrote, wrote several books, but we know she actually wrote over three thousand un, unpublished manuscripts, including Sense and Sensibility, CSI, you know, all that sort of <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> like, stuff like that. Oh, I love it. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, 
Uh, but I think, unfortunately, we're going to have to come to the end. Oh, no. I know, I know. We have so much to talk about. I'm sure we'll come back and talk about more. Yes. Like, obviously, we've got the monsters. We've got probably a deeper dive into Hither, Thither and Yon and the yeah. actual sort of the, the overarching story about that. But this was just a brief, brief guide. And I will say, as a final signing off point, the one thing I appreciate in this D&D book, and I know it's been in other D&D books, but having a pronunciation guide yes. is so important. Because uh, I guess, for me as a DM, I'm just like... I'm just going to pronounce it and hope nobody questions it. But because yes. I'm not confident in certain certain words that come out of my mouth, mm. I go question mark at the end. Um, yes. So I would highly recommend if you're not so sure, they've got all the main NPCs there and obviously all the new uh, monsters there as well. So you can have a go of practicing that before you mm. announce to your players what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad exactly. I didn't show you the pronunciation guide on the stream because it gives away some big spoilers. <laughs> like... Super big spoilers. Look at that. Look at that. Look so, at how pro you are. Oh, <laughs> Luckily. I, no, I just realised it now. <laughs> so I wasn't pro. Oh, anyway. it's certainly fine. But uh, Hamilton, I guess we'll just do mm. a sign up. Where can we find you? What are you oh. up to? What big projects are you doing? I know. I know. It's yeah. shocking when you have to plug yourself. So. Yes. Uh, so, well, if you're listening to the podcast version, then uh, you can find me at uh, on twitch.tv forward slash dragons underscore jewel. If you want to watch... Uh, a video version of what you listen to so you want to see some of the pictures that we've been showing some of the artwork come and watch it there uh, again or just you know buy the book <laughs> as you can do but uh, we play um, we normally play a D&D game show but at the moment we have so and in that D&D game show we make characters and we've done our season 2 where we've made 21 characters that's right <laughs> we made 21 out of all those episodes uh, and we're now taking those characters on a series of one shots that um lead on from last season's one it's all very stupid um we did we played one last week uh where they were in the mausoleum of chronepsis uh which was cool. barbar the barbarian who's basically a loxodon barbarian king went yes. to go get yeah and it was that was very silly and it was very but it was like dark souls meets uh monty python i guess and then um and then this week's one is uh a pirate themed one with the wrinkly pirates in an adventure with ted danson um, Excellent. Ted Danson, not Danson for legal reasons. <laughs> yeah, of course, um, of course. But it, it's 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 actually pretty much all combat. But it was I don't know. It's not silly combat. It's silly combat. It's not serious combat. It's just yeah. there's there's boats falling into each other. There might be a square <laughs> SpongeBob SquareSpace monster at some point. Um, there's yes. not giving too much away. Uh, but there's <laughs> and there's a and uh, we have from D and D Beyond Millie DM who plays a brand conscious total pirate captain who is the best yes. there's a great thing that she's named it the boat's called the old her name's old shella the character and the boat's called old shella's boat but everyone else gets their name but 20 cents smaller than everyone else is but in the same font and the same color scheme <laughs> and it's just lovely and like they all get flags but it's all in the same graphical style and it's but it's all 20 percent smaller <laughs> getting 20 percent smaller as it goes down and it's just like i loved the idea of a brand conscious pirate just and played it so well so i'm so excited for people to see that and that's on saturday at 8 p.m and that's about that's the, I, and we've got lots of other things happening on the show but i won't bore you because i've talked too much <laughs> no not at all that sounds amazing i we all love being on brand hey everything is content am i right exactly. so hey hey hey, hey um but yeah what about you what, what are about you me? being up to me 
Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So uh, my name, my name's Fiona, which I always say as if I've forgotten what my name is. But um, my name is Fiona, and mm. I run the What Am I Rolling podcast, which is a yeah. twice monthly RPG one-shot podcast. As always, it is going very, very well. Um, Good. I had to sign an NDA today about something I can't talk about. Um, it's very exciting. Uh, they asked me what my rates were. And if I had representation, and I said legal, and they went no, and I'm like, oh good. <laughs> so, <that's, laughs> so, that, so it's not NDA because you're going to jail. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's N- it's NDA because it's something fun, but I can't talk about it. Uh, oh my it, gosh! It, How I can know. you do that? I'm sorry, that? I'm sorry, but it's something that I'm very excited about. But it might not happen, which is a good thing. But the fact I had to sign an NDA makes me feel like Pretty I'm cool. a somebody now. I know. That is um, cool. And when I've will got we know? To, when will we know? Um, I don't know, is the answer. Okay. I, I Hopefully soon. I think it, we'll see. We'll see on that okay. front. But I guess the other thing to mention, um, as well as uh, obviously doing what of my rolling stuff, obviously we've got mm. Warhammer coming out just now. We've yes. got a few other bits and pieces. Um, we have... Um, we have uh, yes, we have. We DM's Book Club has an offer code at Third Space Gaming, which is your friendly local game store. So if you want to buy any D and D books or any pre-orders for any cool alternate covers, mm-hmm. then you can go to their website um, and you can get ten percent off your order, your first order. Sorry. Uh, so you just, just type in. I have to do the. I've got to do the thing. DMBC. Uh, I don't know. I don't type like that, by the way. But I just, it's like typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> the NBC. I've just uh, got a te- big keyboard, like big in like like the key, like those old you know the big keyboard that you jump around on. I just have one of those. Oh, just, like uh, like in proper like big style, like Tom Hanks. Yeah, style, that's what so. I meant. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, that's, that shows how old we are. Anyway, um, DMVC uh, into into checkout for ten percent off your order, and it doesn't have to be in DMD books. It could be any RPG books. A uh, thousand year old vampire they've got back in stock recently. I saw, which is a great solo RPG. I'd recommend. Uh, but also, if you're someone who likes terrain, they can do you terrain. So that's uh, DMVC and Third Space Gaming. Awesome. And- yeah, that's With that, it. also, I forgot to mention, because we've decided this will become more of a regular feature yes. on Dragon's Jewel, the DN's Book Club, so you can find us here every week at Thursday at 9pm British time. Uh, <laughs> five, because it's just about to change from BST to to, oh, to, to so I'm just not gonna. I'm just saying British just, time now. Whatever just, it is just, in the UK. Just don't say right. summer. Don't say GMT. It's just not. Yeah. It's just gonna because we'll both be like, oh god, for two weeks. Yes, and exactly. Like, and then so we're back to normal. So. That's it. So it's gonna be nine pm, whatever it is in England, and then <laughs> and then that means uh, it will be four pm eastern standard time apart from two weeks because the world is weird and we'll just ignore that and, and we'll, we'll, we'll be, we will all be prepared for it when it happens we just don't know well I know when it happens it's after Halloween but okay. don't worry that's, that's not happening anytime soon that's not anyway. happening we'll, we'll take you know then but that's the point so you will find us here at that time and uh, that would be great it would be very exciting so there you go very exciting we don't know what we're doing next week either, do we? So no. That's the other classic. <laughs> no, no classic. But I guess we'll, we'll do the sign-off, which is your, your sign-off from uh, Adam Buxton, isn't it? The podcast. Yes, yes, yeah. that's what I just do, because it's easy. So, ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye! Bye!